Welcome to the Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud podcast. Willing to Listen is a grassroots volunteer group based in South Bruce, Ontario, that is dedicated to thoroughly investigating multiple aspects of Canada's proposed deep geological repository for spent nuclear fuel. I'm Sheila Wittick, and I'm so excited to have you join me as we delve into this controversial project. My guest today is Roy Payne. Roy is from the UK, and he runs a citizen advocacy group called GDF Watch, what we call a deep geological repository the British call a geological disposal facility. GDF Watch believes that there's an overwhelming case for geological disposal, and the community needs to be informed and involved before a final siting decision is made. Well, thanks so much for joining me today, Roy. I really do appreciate you taking the time to do this. Good to be here, and hello, everyone. And if you wouldn't mind just taking a couple of minutes and introducing yourself. Yeah, my name is Roy Payne. I've set up and run a citizens advocacy group called GDF Watch. Um, We believe in the overwhelming environmental ethical uh, principles behind geological disposal, but do think that it's important that the community's voice is properly protected and promoted so that when a repository is built, it is built safely and it is built with the consent of the community. Um, it's called GDF Watch because in the UK, we, we call it a geological disposal facility. If I were in Canada, my organisation would be called DGR Watch. So GDF, DGR are the same thing in different countries. What made you get involved or made you start GDF Watch? What was it that drove you to do that? Yeah, I have absolutely no background in nuclear and I knew nothing about radioactive waste until about eight years ago. Um, And eight years ago, I was employed as a consultant at the time the UK government was reviewing its geological disposal program. And I was brought in to help advise uh, on the new policy and then to develop the engagement strategy to um, support that policy. And as I thought through what this uh, this all meant for communities, I began to realise I shouldn't really be looking at it from the perspective of the government or the developer uh, in terms of how do we engage with and communicate to a community, but actually look at this from a community's perspective. What does this all look like as the mass ranks of the government of the nuclear sector come riding over your hill wanting to dig something in your community? And so I left uh, my role there, established GDF Watch, and over the past uh, five years or so, have now travelled around the world and met people and communities from virtually every country involved in this process, Japan, Taiwan, Korea, through China, Russia, the whole of the European Union, and to Canada and the United States. Uh, because uh, from my perspective, this is a massive um, global environmental project. People don't seem to realize it probably is one of the most significant uh, cleaning up exercises that the entire population of the planet is, whether it knows it or not, engaged in. Because there is nobody around at the moment who asked for radioactive waste. No one chose to have it. Um, There's little point in arguing whether we should have it or not. We do have it. Um, whether we want more, well, that's a separate political debate. Um, and I'm GDF Watch does not advocate for nuclear. It advocates for communities. And we see ourselves as pro-environment, pro-ethics, rather than anti-nuclear. Uh, because we said, rad waste is there. You can look into Germany, where the Germans have now, uh, the only country so far, to stop new nuclear build. In Germany, the environmental movement, the Green Party, are all for geological disposal. Wow. As we come on to, as we come on to the um, 
there are really only two options with radioactive waste. It's already there. Do we keep it on the surface or overground or do we bury it deep underground? And it's really about risk management and looking ahead over the next 100,000 years, an inconceivable timescale for most humans. But if we look out over the next 100,000 years, do we uh, look after radioactive waste by keeping it on the surface or do we bury it underground? And so on that topic of, you know, overground, underground, have there been any real world examples or incidents that have that showcase the relative risks of keeping rad waste on the surface versus the DGR? I know I feel very strongly that the risks of what Canadian opposition is calling, quote unquote, rolling stewardship, there's really not a whole lot of talk about what the risks of keeping the waste above ground are long term versus underground. So are there examples of that? Yeah, and of course, first of all, it's, like, it's completely normal for any community, for people, and it's the same story in every country. It's a human reaction. It's a very difficult, very contentious, very emotional subject. Um, but that doesn't mean we should shy away from our responsibilities in actually um, confronting what the issues are. And the it really struck me, because when I first got involved in this process, around that time, there was a, an underground rupture and radiation leak at the world's only current operational DGR, the WIC facility in the United mm -hmm. States. And of course, at the time, and still many critics of geological disposal point to this as what can happen if it goes wrong. Well, hear it all the time. Hear it all the time. Now, the reality was that package, it's ruptured. It ruptured underground, 400 meters underground. The, um, it was the investigation, there was no risk, there was no radiation leak on the surface, so no risk to the environment, no risk to people. The thing was, that pack package that ruptured had been, until just a matter of weeks before, stored on the surface. It could have gone off at any time, and it was only by good grace that its rupture occurred deep underground rather than on the surface. And part of the problem is that there are hundreds of similar packages at risk packages which are potentially could rupture at any moment still stored on the surface and in the united states there's an official u.s watchdog called the um, defense nuclear facility safety board who have been monitoring this and they have been writing with greatly concerned to the u.s government that all these packages sitting on the surface if one of those was to rupture there would be, uh, in the worst case scenario, quite catastrophic environmental and public health consequences. Now, the difficulty here, of course, is and we'll come back to this in a little while, is the cause of the rupture was human error. Somebody had decided to change the materials of which the waste was packaged, causing uh, a chemical reaction which built up heat pressure and forced the rupture of the package. Um, this has been compounded in the United States by the fact that because of poor human record keeping, they simply don't know where those packages are. They are simply stored out in the desert uh, and, it, and they can't quite identify where those packages are. Now, to their credit, there's been some remedial work and they have started identifying them. But the issue remains the same. We have packages which are likely to rupture any moment. One has already done that. It happened by the good fortune underground. But if they were to rupture on the surface, then there would be a serious environmental and public health issue. 
And I think that's what, for me, why I um, have come to the conclusion that geological disposal is the best solution, is that we have basically only two options with radioactive waste. We either store it underground or we store it overground. Because if something goes wrong, and I completely understand why people worry, what happens if something goes wrong underground? What are the consequences uh, for the environment, for people? Well, if it happens deep underground, it doesn't affect us. It could take many thousands of years before any forms of harmful radiation reach the surface. That buys us a lot of time to sort the problem. However, if it goes wrong, it could equally go wrong on the surface. If it goes wrong on the surface, we don't have any time to react. The radiation is instantly into the air we breathe, into the soil we grow our food, and into the water that we drink. So people seem to think that if you place radioactive waste deep underground, you're creating a risk. Whereas actually, there is a risk associated with keeping it on the surface. Not necessarily in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, but if we look out over the next 100,000 years, you have to work on the basis, 100,000 years time, the reason for burying it deep underground is that the geology at that depth is unmoving and is stable. We can have a high reliability, it's been stable for a billion years. We have a high expectation that it will not change over the next course of the next 100,000 years. But we cannot say that about the surface environment. So if you wish to keep it on the surface, you have to make the assumption, two assumptions. One, the surface environment will never change. It will remain constant. Good luck. <laughs> uh, I have no idea in Canada what the Ontario region was like 100,000 years ago, but I suspect it was very different from what it is now, and it's very likely to be very different in 100,000 years' time. Uh, in addition to the surface not changing, and I just assume it doesn't change, you also then have to make the second assumption, humans will never ever make a mistake mm -hmm. because the issues that have occurred so far have all been down to human error. Now, if someone can give me a guarantee that humans will never, ever make a mistake over the next 100,000 years, I'm all ears. I'm somewhat dubious. So I understand why people are concerned about burying it deep underground because science will never give you an absolute guarantee of anything yeah science it's not in their nature to 100 guarantee anything no science can't guarantee anything so you have to then make your own judgments i'm not a geologist i'm not a materials engineer but it doesn't require a phd my from my perspective to work out if you're to assess a risk if something does go wrong do i want it to go wrong half a kilometer a kilometer beneath my feet in deep rock or do I want it to go wrong in the air that I breathe, immediately impact the place that I live? So yeah. it's, it's, it's really a case of risk assessment. And you don't need to be a PhD in anything to begin to assess what the two choices are. It's funny when, we, when you brought up human error, because that's actually been used quite a bit as an argument against a DGR, because we can't guarantee there won't be human error. I haven't figured out in my brain yet if geological disposal is just so unknown and so scary to some people that they can't separate out what the risks are of actually doing nothing. Because like you said, the human error risk, and in my opinion, is much higher 
with surface facilities, with constant repackaging, constant monitoring, all of those things, you know, building maintenance, it'll be in some sort of building. It's all required human intervention, which to me is the major plus of a DGR is that, you know, long-term it's passive storage. It doesn't require humans to keep it safe. No, I think that's one of the key factors of um, uh, geological disposal is that it does not require human intervention or human management. So you immediately take out a risk factor straight away. And, I, and again, I think people just need to again understand it because it's very complex, it's very scary, and it's it's also very complex science. Um, so um, it's very difficult for most of us to really sort of grasp and understand. I've simplified it in my own head. It's a bit like a Russian doll, that the waste is packaged inside a package. Yeah. That package then is then inside another package. That is then put inside a vault. That is then sealed with um, a particular type of cement. That is then surrounded by solid rock um, to, at a great depth. So you have this Russian doll. It's inevitable that the... The, the, the canisters, the packages closest to the waste will break down. They're not designed to last 100,000 years. They, you know, at most, they're designed to last 100 years. But as they break down and as the radiation decays, it then has to pass through all these other barriers, each which slow that radiation down. So that by the time any radiation from that waste got anywhere near the surface, it is so decayed that it really fits into the general background radiation that the planet has anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so from my perspective, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a, certainly not a pro-nuclear activist. I see myself coming from an environmental and human perspective. If I've got a choice, whether I have the waste put inside packages and having lots of barriers between me and it deep underground, so as far away as you can be from me, with as many barriers as possible between me, that's a much better situation than just leaving it on the surface where it needs constant management, constant hope that a human never makes a mistake, and that if something did go wrong, there would be very limited time for, for, for me and my family to have any chance of escaping the effects of that radiological release. So I don't... I see it as... I see it as a complete no-brainer. I don't need to be a complex physicist or nuclear scientist to just evaluate the risk here. So, like, given all of those things, all of all of these things that we've packed into a very short amount of time, what do you say or what advice do you have for people in South Bruce who are concerned about the potential risk to our waterways or to the Great Lakes? I'm not advocating that DGR should be built in South Bruce. What I am saying is that the community should be involved and should consider the risks. But when you, your concerns about the impact on the Great Lakes, there is already a significant risk to the Great Lakes if the waste stays on the surface. Because if one of those packages pops, if it releases radiation, that is going to be immediately into the environment, into the air that you breathe, the soil that you grow your food in, and the water that you drink. There is no avoiding that. If it happens deep underground, there is virtually no risk that it will, you know, from your perspective, poison the water. It's um, one also has to look, for example, Sweden and Finland, the two most advanced countries in terms of building repositories currently in the world. 
they are both building those under the Baltic Sea. The Baltic Sea is an important environmental treasure and commercial waterway. There hasn't been any form of real public concern in Sweden or Finland that they are going to poison the Baltic Sea. The UK is an island. The options at the moment being looked at are primarily offshore. In the UK, whether east or west coast, building our general disposal facility 20, about 20 kilometers out underneath either the North Sea or the Irish Sea is perceived as probably the most likely place in which we will build our DGR simply because nobody lives there. Um, it's a lot less politically contentious. It's, it, it, it's, it, it reduces people's fears that this is underneath their homes. So in terms of how other countries perceive a DGR, actually, we're all building it under important waterways um, rather than under land. You have to ask yourself if it's being built deep underground beneath the water and Sweden, Finland and the UK um, are not concerned about the leaking into their waterways. What is different about Canada? And of course, the other, the other issue is coming back to the point Yes, the concern about something going wrong is a genuine concern. But if you bury it deep under the uh, surface, it has much, much, much less chance of impacting the environment. There is already a risk, and that risk will only slowly increase over time. Hmm. Because the longer you keep it on the surface, the more likely something is going to go wrong. And if it goes wrong on the surface you will have an instant environmental problem. So if you have concerns about the environment, about the impact on the waterways, you should be seeking to get removing that waste from the surface as quickly as possible. Well, and what I find interesting right now is there's a few senators in the United States who are passing these or asking these resolutions to be passed, or I don't know how politics work in the States, but putting forth these resolutions to President Biden to stop Canada's DGR in the Great Lakes Basin. We don't want nuclear waste in the basin. And, you know, my point is, have you looked at how much waste the states have in the Great Lakes Basin? Like there's a lot of nuclear waste sitting on the surface in the Great Lakes Basin on the south side of the Great Lakes. So I think it's a little hypocritical to try to tell us not to make our waste safer. Well, this comes down to the, I mean, without getting the, policy, the local politics, this comes back down to a global concern, expressed by a lot of people, that somehow if you bury this waste deep underground, you're creating a risk. Whereas that does not actually say or does not acknowledge the risk that there is of keeping it on the surface. And radioactive waste is stored at literally thousands of sites around the planet on the surface. Um, the intention is to remove all that waste and to bury it. By the end of this century, there are likely to be anywhere between 40 and 50 DGRs around the world. Every major economy is doing exactly the same thing. They're going through very similar processes because it's been decades billions of dollars researching what is the solution. Now, no one is willingly or doing this gleefully. You know, I think the German Green Party talk about it being the least worst option. Well, yes, compared to keeping it on the surface, 
it's the least worst option. The International Atomic Energy Agency described it as the best available. Now, the best available, least worst is really a situation of is your glass half empty or half full? Um, really semantics is what it is. It's semantics. There is no better available there is the, uh, solution and there are worse solutions to geological disposal. And a worse solution is keeping it on the surface. So in Germany, there is now a drive to find a new location. They've already ruled out the existing temporary site that they have, where the mm -hmm. waste, how much the waste is already stored in a salt mine, because the salt mine is inappropriate. It was never meant to be a long term. It was a short term solution to try and reduce risk, because keeping it on the surface created more risk. So they thought that by placing it in the salt mine, they would reduce the risk and buy themselves more time so that if something did go wrong, it would go wrong in a situation where the waste was held underground rather than on the surface. Um, and the Germans themselves are going through a very similar process to the, that going through in Canada, in the UK, that Sweden and Finland are near the, uh, the end of. But you look right across the European Union, the same exercises are being conducted in France, in Italy, in the Czech Republic, in Switzerland, mm. in Belgium, in Holland. Every country is doing this. This is not a Canadian problem. This is an actually a global environmental issue, which is being tackled in exactly the same way by every country in the world. Which I think also is, I don't want to say overlooked, maybe taken for granted, is that this is a global a global issue you know every country in the world with nuclear power is investigating dgrs even some without <laughs> nuclear power are investigating dgrs for immediate level waste from medical stuff but you know i feel like well, that's this, overlooked a lot well this issue is that of course isn't just countries that have um, civil nuclear energy programs or have nuclear weapons high level waste even in very small quantities is generated every year through medical the mri scanners it's through research and industrial processes. This is increasingly an issue affecting every country. Now, they may not have the, they certainly don't have the same sorts of volumes that the UK has, but every country is going to produce these high level wastes, which are dangerous for long periods of time and are going to have to consider how they dispose of it over the longer term. Because keeping it on the surface is not an option because the surface environment is going to change. Glaciers yeah. are going to cover the northern hemisphere at some point. It, it will happen again. <laughs> it's, it's guaranteed. And what do we do then with the glacier coming? Do we just hope that the glacier will recognize this as radioactive waste and part <laughs> its ways and move around it? Um, It'll can take we a build a big, can we can we you know build a sort of Trumpian wall that will stop the glacier from encroaching upon the it's nonsense to consider what the implications are by keeping the waste on the surface for that length of time. Now, it's going to take us decades, you know, 200 years plus, mm -hmm. before we've removed all the waste currently on the surface, before all of that is finally um, disposed of in, in, in a repository. It's not a quick solution, but it's, we have to start taking the responsibility for cleaning up the planet. As I said, nobody asked, nobody alive has asked for this waste. We don't want it. It's unpleasant. But we can either stick our heads in the sand and pretend that it's not there and just hope like mad that it might actually disappear or 
And clearly, if someone, science does come along and produce a solution, brilliant. We can stop building DGRs or we can let bacteria or whatever the scientific solution. But there is absolutely no evidence at this stage that, that there is some cavalry, some magic wand that's going to make it all disappear. We do need to start thinking very carefully and taking responsibility now for mm-hmm. this and future generations. And so we you know, start that process now in identifying locations where we can safely bury the waste subject to the consent of the community living above it. And in what seems to be my new normal, <laughs> this episode with Roy is going to get cut into two episodes just to try to keep them a little bit shorter and a little bit uh, easier listening. So yeah, join me next time for the rest of Roy's interview. And that's it for this episode of Willing to Listen South Bruce Proud. I look forward to further investigating Canada's plan for spent nuclear fuel along with all of you. Thanks so much for joining me. And remember, we don't have to agree on anything to be kind to one another. Thank you.